Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mr. FPL Champion Chuck Bailey and Super Producer Ian Stimson. How's it going, boys? It's actually Dr. FPL Champion MBE. Um, <laughs> Chuck Haley, thank you very much. I don't know, watch out with a title like that, the Daily Mail might start going after you for buying <laughs> houses that are totally reasonably affor- affordable. Um, no, because I'm white, so they won't do that. Oh, right, 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 I'll, right, right, be, right. I'll be lauded as some sort of man of the people, <laughs> saviour, hero, captain leader, legend. And and wise beyond your years for investing in your future. I mean, if I was black and bought anything other than Sainsbury's budget items, then <laughs> woe, woe betide what could fall upon me. Um, leave fucking Marcus Rashford alone, you fucking dicks. Yeah, yep. Because I know much. you're all listening. That's where you all get. This is all where you get your content and your ideas. <laughs> Mail, nameless Daily Mail uh, journalists that pop up. All Daily the time. fail. There was that terrible uh, side by side that showed um, them ripping uh, Raheem Sterling for the houses that he'd bought and how bling they were, and then another article ripping him for taking a uh, eighty quid easy jet flight. It's like, what the fuck do you want? Which you know, what, what do you want to spend money or not? Neither. Just they want him to not be famous. <laughs> like that's all. Yeah, we all we all know what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, should we uh, compare? Their abuse to uh, Marcus Rashford, to their silence at the fact that their owner, who is worth nine hundred million pounds, doesn't pay tax in this country. Nah, we don't talk about. We don't talk about stuff. that. You just yeah. don't need to talk about that. It's fine. Nah, <laughs> that's weird. He'd be a billionaire in the U.S., but he's not in the U.K. That's that's money exchange. Currency. I, th- I think he's still getting by, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still, still you think managing. he claims the title? He's like, oh, I'm a billionaire. And it's like, yeah, are you though? Because you're not from the US. Like, his rich friend parties, people are like, nah, he's not a real billionaire. That guy's a fucking pretender. Look at him. <laughs> oh, dear. Those parties sound fucking atrocious. <laughs> hey, I'd go. Um, but I'd probably be surfing cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Uh, enjoying the international break? You've been watching England duty or... Uh, Anything? Nope. Any any kind of anything? Nope. Didn't uh, Scotland or somebody small do a thing recently? Scotland, right? Cause, uh, or no, was it Wales? Uh, oh, did Wales qualify? Question mark. I don't know. I know Scotland did qualify for the first tournament since, uh, insert last tournament here. 96, 98. Probably the World Cup 98. 98, I think, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. That's nice. Yeah, suddenly I, apparently my Twitter was full of Scottish people I didn't know existed. <laughs> suddenly chirp it up <laughs> alright well it is an international break episode so we thought we'd do something a little bit special for you guys or a little bit less work for us and that is called a mailbag episode where we collect all the listener questions that we like and have been uh, disappointingly not addressing week by week because we keep running out of time as we get to the end of episode so we thought we'd come back and, uh, and interact with the listeners a bit so no news, no Premier League no nothing, just Nothing's some- happened. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing at all. Well, the PS5 came out, and um, I've been locked in a room for several days doing nothing but that. This is my first break. I haven't slept or eaten since (laughs) Friday? Thursday? I don't know. What is time anymore? I don't know. Um, But let's get to it. Ian, you're going to take the lead on this one, so take it away. Yeah, let's uh, pull all the questions that we've got, as you say, and we'll start with um, someone who... When we did a, our very first mailbag episode, I think we uh, got a big, long, embarrassing story from uh, 
Darren Anthony Hoy, who we know, of Emu course, is uh, planes. <laughs> uh, go and check that episode out if you want to see the backstory there. But um, Darren's asked us a, a football question and says, um, diving, do we think it's better or worse post-VAR? In our VAR world that we live in now, has diving been made better or worse? Are we now, saying when the he quality says better... of dives? <laughs> as in, are the players now better at yeah. the art of diving? Or is the analysis and prevention of diving better? I'm, I'm very much trying to pick a lane here. My, my, my. How the turntables. Chuck's the one asking caveats this time, and I'm just <laughs> kicking back waiting to answer the question. Oh, this is quite delightful. Yeah, the problem is what will be edited out there is where you went very first of all that you went to say, now there's this, and I just spoke right over you. So... Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Beat me to the punch then. I don't know. Either way, I'm still uh, I'm not uh, the caveat one on this one. Get Get into it. At least make it funny. Rather than just, you know, you with, with your classifications, <laughs> wanting to write a spreadsheet over one question. <laughs> now, I have been collecting data on diving pre and post VAR and the expected... No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't think it's really changed that much. Do you guys feel like it's changed radically? No, I don't. I feel like it's about the same. I don't think anyone's... I mean, it's still ultimately a referee looking at VAR it's not like a robot is making an assumption on, on diving or not it's still mm. a referee you can still you still con them they're just getting a bit more time to look at it um I don't think it's you know referees have this thing I feel like where contact is a way that they can get out of making a decision about a proper you know making a proper decision about whether something's a foul or not if there's contact they see they seem to feel like they can award the foul and it's absolutely you know there won't be any comeback on that um, I don't think it's any any got any worse or better that I can think of, to be honest. Does it? You still see, you know, I think Salah recently threw himself down pretty badly in the penalty area, and because there was contact, he got the penalty, even though it went to VAR, obviously, because they all go to VAR. But you know, I don't know. I don't think it's any different, to be honest. No, I mean, uh, so far this season, there hasn't been one caution for simulation or diving. Now, that's not to say that it hasn't happened, but you know, that's not one. Blimey. Okay. Mm. That's a good stat, actually. Very nice. I'm jealous you of that. Are. Yeah, I don't. I also don't feel like it's changed any. People aren't any better or worse at it. I don't really think it's happening more or less. Um, nor do I think the incentives have changed. Like you still, I still am all for diving. Like the way that the game <laughs> is refereed. Yeah, I know. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, the way the game is refereed. If you don't go down, the moment there's even a little bit of contact, you're not getting any kind of call. Like, there are many, many, many times where players get mm. very obviously fouled. They try to stay on their feet. They get a really half-chance bad shot off when they're off balance, and then nothing, right? So, like, it's in the player's interest. If you don't go down, you're not getting that call. So why wouldn't they go down? Like, always go down. Mm. Always go down, and you might get the call. But like, I think that's the difference that, well, the problem there is, is I don't see that as diving. I see that as going down under contact. Whereas diving, I see when you're, in my head, it's making the action as in going down before any contact has happened or in the absence of contact. Like preempting, yeah. Yeah, okay. like you, you do see some players and you can tell from their body distribution and whatever that like they're already on their way down and then they get touched. Like that, 
that's to me is a dive. Whereas I think you're exactly right, Oscar. I think it is mad the fact that if you do actually want to get anything, you do need to go down. But it's when you have the Mo Salah, you know, deliberately doing stutter steps constantly and then flinging your arms back like you've just yeah, been yeah, shot yeah. by a sniper and all those kind of things. Jack Grealish does as as, as well uh, quite often overreacts um, with touches and those kind of things. It's a bit like, come on now. But there hasn't been any bookings for it this year. I don't think so. Interesting. So do you think that dives and fouls are mutually exclusive? Like you can't dive on a foul? Like if you're fouled, then it, it is by definition no longer a dive? Yeah, I don't think so. Because I think Interesting. Cause, cause to me, a dive happens before the foul. Okay, so what if you get fouled, you take two more steps, and then you launch yourself like you're diving into a swimming pool? To try to so that, earn the foul after you realize that you like don't actually have an advantage. Is that a dive? Yeah, because that's you're not going down under the contact. But that's after the foul, right? So like it's not a yeah, timing thing necessarily. But that's like a, if you're in control of the ball or momentum, you know, like you have in the in the NFL, like you have to have taken two steps with the ball completely yeah. in your control to be counted as inbounds, for example. But if you get kicked in the ankle, your your as your let's say your right leg is coming through you then plant that right leg perfectly fine you then plant your left leg perfectly fine and not going down and then you ah, yeah yeah, yeah sideways yeah. you're separating the two acts. that's that's yeah. then two things there's a foul and there's a dive there interesting so to because to me diving is just like whenever you exaggerate or instigate your falling to the ground right so like if i'm not actually off balance and then i really throw myself down to me, that's what a dive is. I don't think it necessarily yeah. matters like whether you got touched or whether it's before or after. Like, If you are part of the forces at work that are getting you to the ground, then you are diving, to me at least. Ian, where do you stand on this? I'm very curious now. Well, my main thing is that I enjoy your honesty, Oscar, of just going, you should just always dive, definitely. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. I, I get it because it's like sort of game theory-wise. Let's you know. play on water. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you dive in water polo <laughs> i don't know I'm only not. at the beginning of the game <laughs> how do you think they start <laughs> not particularly au fait with you can't the rules, really like it? roll around on the floor in water polo because you'll just drown wouldn't you, <laughs> right, no, you can't yeah. exactly, oh, i'm drowning that's how bad the foul was i can't swim anymore oh are there fouls in water polo i'm assuming they are i've never <laughs> seen water polo a single time in my life but no i, I can't no, imagine I you can like headlock someone and put them underneath the water and then be like no that's totally fair play <laughs> <laughs> But I enjoy the fact that we just openly talk about the dark arts now, and it's fine. I mean, there's a there's an FPL podcast called The Art of the Dive, and uh, they sign off every episode with, and remember, you should dive. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Are they, you by know. any chance, American? Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. Oh, I love it. That's it's great. A, it's a good podcast. But anyway, um, and like when... You know, when you're watching England and uh, back in my day when Michael Owen was absolutely throwing himself around and earning penalties all the time, you fucking loved it. Because when it's when it's mm. happening for your side, you're absolutely delighted with it. So, yeah, I just enjoy that the dark arts have just become much more acceptable these days. If, you, if you're Harry Kane or Jack Grealish, if you're Raheem Sterling or Wilfred Zaha, not so much. But <laughs> yes. we'll... Uh... <laughs> That, that oh, one doesn't dear. really warrant that much analysis uh, yeah, not uh, at as all. to why. Okay, uh, let's move on then. Um, Patreon, uh, Tom Townley asks... TT! TT, who's going to be the first manager to go? 
Um, so we're, what, we're nine game weeks in now and uh, no real whiff of any managers going. I mean, it's got to be Ole, right? Like how wildly underperforming both XG-wise and table-wise Man United are, given their talent and wealth levels. Like, And he's shown no evidence whatsoever of being able to construct a system out of those players. Like, I feel like the back half of last season, he just kind of put the players where they normally like to play and let them do their own thing. I didn't feel like he had any sort of part in... Mm. There was no discernible tactics that were, like, clever that I could tell. Now, obviously, I'm not paying attention as much. Like, people could say the same thing about Lampard, but meanwhile, I'm like, no, Lampard's doing this, Lampard's doing that. So, like, you know, there's that part of it. But I, I don't really feel like he's doing a good enough job, and I don't feel like he has any sort of momentum to keep the job either. It's not like he did a particularly good job other than like that, what, five-game stretch when he first took over and then a five-game stretch in the season plus lockdown? It's weird. I don't feel like there's any particular stirrings that Ollie needs to go, though. Like among Man United fans who are usually quite vocal about these things, I don't yeah. think there's any big sort of thing for him to go. Do you think that's because he's a club legend? or uh, that obviously, Yeah, that buys him some time, definitely. Like, like Frank Lampard would have an you know, an added amount of time sure, yeah. over anyone else because you're going to have that sort of feelings of nostalgia for him. But um, yeah, I just, I don't think there's much buzz about it. Yeah, I mean, if it carries on with Man United in the lower half of the table for much longer than it, mm. it will do. But uh, yeah, I must admit, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about him as a shout until you said it there. He's attempted to sort of solidify him lately by playing Fred and McTominay in front of the defence all the time instead of Pogba. <laughs> Just leaving him out now. Imagine picking McTominay over Pogba. Like, what <laughs> this the is fuck? The, this is the world we're living in. This is that's a fireable offense right there. Like, Can I would I, uh, like that's of it. The season 2018. Scott McTominay, player of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jose's I mean... boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. I mean, so what do you think, Chuck? Do you think Ole's a good shout, or do you think someone else? Uh, no, uh, uh, well. Oh, it's probably a good shout to be fired, yes. As a good shout as a manager, no. Um, uh, it's usually around this time, isn't it, that you get the first casualty, like yeah. the second international break. Um, and I think the only thing probably Ole has going for him at the minute is that it's still quite truncated from the top of the table down to the bottom. Like, if you think about it, you know, Man United, you're like, oh, absolute shit been rubbish not just by their standards but just by standards um <laughs> they're, they're they're 14th but you know if a game in hand and they win that they could go up to as high as seventh there's quite a big goal swing uh they'd have to win the next game let's say four four nil but then they'd be up where everton are at seventh so i think because it can be that in one game you know leeds we've all said that leeds have had a great start to the season well they're in 15th now yeah yeah but again, that you know, it's ten points. You know, you go from eighteen to ten down to uh, from first to fifteenth, uh, and then there's a bit of a jump down to uh, Brighton. Gutted. Um So <laughs> I, I think that's kind of giving a stay of execution um, for Ole. And you know, who who's going to take over it at the minute? Who's most of the really good managers that are worth their salt can clearly see what the issues are at Man United and it's if you're not going to have that support and the the sporting director and and those kind of things in for you then it's just kind of a losing battle um that you that anyone would face there I think Oli is out of his depth and it's the quality of players that they do have which is carrying through but it's just a bit of a mess with um the disciplinary 
kind of things with Maguire going off and punching people in Greece. Um, Aaron Wambisaka being told, no, you can't go on holiday to Dubai and going to Dubai and then having to isolate at the start of the season. And just, oh, really? Blimey, yeah, I didn't know that. and then, you know, the arguments between Bruno Fernandes and Harry Maguire saying he's not a captain, then he does become a captain. And Fernandes is very hot and cold. Um, but, uh, well, no, I think, Oscar, you actually put it quite well last week is that because of the ridiculousness of his things that the way he plays like he's always going to be that way he's either going to do nothing or he's going to score worldies and obviously get penalties but I think it's more probably further down the table I think probably even though there are teams below them I think probably Bilic is going to be first to go from West Brom because they're awful just awful lost to Fulham says it already doesn't it are they in the Prem? (laughs) (laughs) yes they were the the other w team that came gotcha 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 actually speaking of w teams do we not think wolves are like are they odds on favorites who the bookies have because wolves fire everybody every two weeks so like what? Wait, is that Wolves? No, 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 that's no, Watford. No. You, yeah, that's Watford. And Damn in the it, I literally confused W teams again. <laughs> oh my God. First as a joke, then in January. I was going to say, like, they've had the same manager for like four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. good I was thinking structure. of Watford. <laughs> Fantastically well-run club. That is pretty perfect that I pretend to confuse two W teams and then two seconds later actually confuse two W teams. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very on brand for you, yeah. Oh, boy. I, the only thing I think that probably saves Billich is just a complete lack of expectation for West Brom. I mean, they... <laughs> <laughs> they knew where they were going to be. I don't. I, that genuinely, I think that that sort of saves him. I, I can't see him. He, he is the bookie's mm. favourite, I imagine. Just by uh, yeah, he's yeah. he's funny enough. Without even intending it, we've just discussed the two bookies' favourites, which are Solskjaer and Bilic at two to one. Um, oh, okay. And then kind of around that, obviously below them, you've got Sheffield United and Burnley. But see, I think Wilder's my shout. Oh well, I I I don't think. Wilder gets sacked or whatever. Like I think if they were to go down, they'd be happy to go down with Wilder. Oh, uh, you reckon? I don't, okay. Yeah, I don't think Burnley would sack Dyche, but I think Dyche would leave Burnley. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, for Arsenal, Dyche at Arsenal could be interesting, actually. Yeah, given the players that they have, like they they could make a system out of that. Genuinely, I'm not even kidding. Like there could be something. Yeah. There. Well, it was very much about, uh, oh, uh, Arsenal sorting out their defensive uh, <laughs> liabilities and then, you know, Aston Villa. Yeah. Villa, Aston Villa, Villa via yeah. Villa, Villa Um I enjoyed that at the end of last week's pod. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Fulham, I think, again, same as Sheffield United. I think Fulham would be happy to go down with Scott Parker. Yeah. Um, Graham Potter is... An, you could say Brighton have been unlucky. Fine. They're still unlucky. They were unlucky after six game weeks. They're now unlucky after eight game weeks. You know I what don't I mean? Buy, yeah, it's, I don't buy into that narrative. I think the, the sample sizes think... are getting big. You know, rightly, Oscar contested it, you know, that, that it was a small sample. But as yeah. the sample gets bigger and the results don't really change. So. Yeah, that's how Watford went down. Like, they had very good underlying performances through the first, like, 12 or 13 game weeks. But they mm. couldn't fucking buy a win. They had no luck at all. And then obviously, then the team spirit changes, the locker room, the psychology of it. Like manager gets fired every two minutes. Yeah, also that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brighton have like bright spots like Lamptey and uh, Trossard. But I just think when you watch them, I, I still think most times you think, "Cool, oh, they were lucky to escape with a point there or whatever." Mm. You know, it, do- it doesn't convince me at all. I know they're sort of. Uh, XG and expected points are probably higher than where they are but I've, I've not been convinced by Brighton at all I don't no. buy into this narrative at all and, it, and it's bad that Graham Potter is at 33-1 to 1, uh, to be fired alongside yeah. Mourinho, Bielsa uh, Nuno Espirito Santo and Roy Hodgson 
So pretty safe, yeah. So that's yeah, a bit strange. Ian, who you got? I would say Wilder. I'll I'll, I'll go uh, against what Chuck said there. Of uh, that they'd be happy to go down with him. I think expectations were raised massively by last season and are not being paid off this season. So. Um, yeah, I can just see them being trigger happy enough to go. We need to make a change to make sure we stay in the division because last season would have really um, whetted their appetite for Premier League football. Oh, there you go. Then we pick the three favourites. I do. Right, Sam Danby says, assuming uh, Euro twenty one goes ahead, you've got it wrong there, Sam. It's a uh, Euro twenty twenty. Um, it's the branding is in. It's Euro twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, Who's winning? How are England going to do? And will there be fans? Uh, I can answer how England are going to do. They're going to get knocked out in the quarterfinals on penalty kicks, probably. Um, extra time. Thank you. <laughs> um, who's in Euro 2020? Uh, some European teams. Oh, some. <laughs> yeah. Not all uh, of them? Scotland. Scotland, at least. Yeah, we do know that one. <laughs> North Macedonia. Um, I'll start, actually. Didn't uh, even I'm know gonna that throw... was a country. <laughs> Chuck has started. He said North Macedonia. He's in. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, Homerism here, but I do also have to point out, like, soccer-wise, Germany have to be one of the strongest teams going in. Like, they are not at all the same squad that went to the World Cup in 2018. They have phased out a lot of the older players um, and brought in a lot of... N- like lesser name players that are just genuinely like really good. And so when you look at their front six in a similar sort of setup as Chelsea, I mean, there's Werner and Havertz, obviously. Um, but then they have Serge Gnabry, Leroy Sané, Joshua Kimmich, who's maybe the best mid central mid in the world right now. One of certainly, I think he's better than Kante, which is like insane to have said a couple of years ago. Um, Cruz is still there. Goretzka is there. Like, all of those guys are, other than Thomas Muller, who I didn't even say, but obviously he's one of the best players in the world. Like, they're all 25 or lower. So this German team is, like, young, it's fast and exciting. It's, like, part of the reason I think why Chelsea brought so many Germans is because, like, that's a... This is insane to say, but they're almost like a sleeper pick because of how bad they were at the World Cup. Like, people are downplaying Germans right now, and there are a lot of And they were relegated... In yes, the from the League. other thing that like is didn't who won that by the way like someone hilarious right Portugal won the Nations League and they're the reigning Euro champions yeah aren't they about to get relegated oh, right. from the anyway I mean what would you want from me mate <laughs> oh, <that's nothing>. sorry <laughs> but yeah I think people are sleeping on Germany I think there's a lot of really good attacking young players who are super super talented so that's my pick yeah I mean it's not really out there is it. <laughs> He doesn't have to Not pick particularly, but I think crazy. in this moment of time, it's a little bit more out there than usual, let's say. Hmm. In the same way that Belgium were dark horses for every tournament since 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> definitely. That's, that's definitely. who you've got to pick, haven't you, as a sort of podcaster who doesn't know what he's talking about? Well, Belgium. No, people are sleeping on Belgium. No one's been sleeping on Belgium for fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, I mean, having said all that, I think I did nominate them for dark horse when we did the World Cup uh, podcast. Seems like the sort of thing I'd do. But uh, but yeah, they beat England the other day, so they win Europe. Job done. There you go. I'm gonna say Netherlands. You're looking at the bookies right now, just trying to do <laughs> No, I'm looking at the list of teams that qualified. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Netherlands. That is that does feel like a, a bit more of a sleeper pick. Yeah. 
I have no knowledge to base that off of. <laughs> Edgar Davids was good, wasn't he? <laughs> Edgar Davids. They yeah. have at least one player I've heard of, Van de Beek, right? Is he Dutch? I'm assuming Van, he yeah, is. With Donny, a name like that. Donny Van de Beek, yeah. <laughs> I assume so. I also assume. <laughs> although Pulisic, I would have assumed, was like Croatian, so who knows? If you just read well, the yeah, names. Anyway, Ian, what are you, uh, Ian, are you going to say England here? Gotta, gotta no, stick no, with the I home am team? saying Belgium. I'm genuinely saying Belgium. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that, that was entirely genuine. Uh, before, you know, it was preceded by a rant about how people always pick Belgium, but yeah, Belgium. Yeah, I mean, Lukaku's playing out of his mind since leaving Man United. They sorted out his, like, nutrition. Um, I know he, he, like, came out and was like, yo, Man United doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant, um, yeah. But he's in, like, the best shape of his life. He's scoring goals left and right. He's looking really, really good over in Italy. His stats are crazy. So, like, that's not a bad shout. Obviously, Eden Hazard is Eden Hazard, even if he hasn't been Eden Hazard for the last year or so. Has has Hazard been Hazard or hasn't he? That's a good <laughs> he vocal He has warm not up. been Hazard. <laughs> has Hazard been Hazard or hasn't he? To enjoy your vocal warm-ups, Chuck. <laughs> uh, so, apart from... Right, so there was... Who's winning? How are England going to do? I suppose we've covered that in the... <laughs> Knocked out quarterfinal. Yeah. Extra time. Um, will there be fans? I mean, no. is it possible to I predict hope not. this? You- Honestly, really hope not. Unless I either hope a lot because that means everything is fixed. Or I really hope not because that means that people are really dumb. <laughs> like, There's no middle ground. You, you might need your vaccine passport to uh, get tickets, maybe. I don't know. Just get injected as you walk in Ooh, the stadium. Exactly. I think, I, think I think there probably will be fans. I think they're not going to... They're going to do whatever they can to get people into these games to make it saleable. It is funny that this was meant to be the Euros that was hosted in, like, 12 different countries. Yeah, I mean, it's just the worst. Are they still doing that? Um, I am quickly Googling... <laughs> They, they must. They, I'm sure they are still. Yeah, there must be like some sort of legally binding contract that those stadiums in those countries like are going to get money from it. From it, yeah, and like they just have to pay them anyway, wouldn't they? Yeah. Right. I'm gonna. I, I think they're just going to be hoping beyond hope that the vaccine has been doled out to enough people that you can get. You think they'll push it back one more year? We'll be playing Euro 20 in 2022, <laughs> like oh six months before there's, the World Cup. Time runs. Yeah, exactly. Time runs out at some point, doesn't it? I mean. You just have to call it a day at some point. But yeah, this tournament's going ahead and I'm pretty convinced there'll be some fans at least in there. I mean, the other European leagues have been putting games on with sort of 20% full stadiums. You know, it has been happening even in European countries that have been going in and out of lockdown. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure there'll be fans there. As bad a decision as that might be. Yep, it still seems to be being held in 12 different countries. There you go. <laughs> so no home country advantage this time, huh? Or are 12 people going to make well, deep runs that you wouldn't expect? Semi-finals and finals are at Wembley. Oh, just saying. <laughs> it's coming, it is coming home. It's coming home. <laughs> One way or another. Oh. <laughs> no, just logistics. Yeah. Just logistics. <laughs> it's coming home. Unless they decide to change it because the UK is doing so poorly. Brexit. <laughs> deported won't be able to get in that's why brexit happened because they were like right euros there'll be a pandemic we'll delay it into 2021 brexit will happen no one will be allowed in the country host the games at wembley england win by three nil the uh default yeah (laughs) just win by default yeah god that is some illuminati level planning that someone's gone to there jesus yeah can't see it can't see anyone at the fa being that smart 
Okay, right. I think that's got the football ones out of the way. Hooray! Yay! Finally. Alex Samson asks, um, dream holiday destination. New Zealand's looking pretty good. <laughs> that is that is genuinely my answer anyway, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad one, is it? Yeah, I think, I, I think it's not just current climate that's dictating that. That's actually a good one. <laughs> yeah, they, it's like... Obviously, the Lord of the Rings connection. I want to go see the Hobbiton set. I want to go see the Edoras set, um, which they left up. All, all the like different places mm. that they filmed in that. Um, but yeah, we twice and God exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a trip like sort of planned out, but like unknown when we will do. Whether that's in twenty years or like next year of New Zealand and Australia. Like I just we don't also, get the like, t-shirts printed yet. Okay, just hold off on the t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, no, it's fine because if he just gets it printed twenty twenty one, it's fine because it's just postponed. The yeah. merchandise the merchandise <laughs> stays the same. Yeah. But definitely Melbourne and New Zealand. Like uh Dave, I'm coming your way, gotta visit. Um so prep your couch. Uh but yeah, there's a there's a bunch of podcasts that we like that are based out of Melbourne and they do like live shows pretty regularly. So and and that's so far away that it does feel like a dream vacation. Like I'll pop over to Europe and it's like not that big of a deal. But, like, that's so much flying to get from, like, the northeast of America to Australia, New Zealand. Mm. Um, so it does feel like something that I probably won't be able to do for a long time. But I, I don't understand how it can be a, in such a place that is so far to get to from everyone else in the world. Geography, in it. <laughs> <How good laughs> distant. Yeah, but it's just mad. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's so far away, it's so far away. If you live in Asia, ah, it's still really far away. <laughs> Wherever you are, it's super far away. It's, even in Australia, it's far away. There's... Yeah. there's Bits in Australia where you're technically closer to space than you are to the next settlement. Like, this is what great. a weird thing to know, dude. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know how to process that. Yeah. <laughs> well, space is like 60 miles up. Well, that, you, that's like, that reminds me, I saw on Twitter that um, Roberto Firmino and uh, Sadio Mane grew up closer to each other than. Mane and Sala, even though Mane and Sala are both from Africa. Yeah, because Africa's fucking huge. Africa's <laughs> fucking huge, and Brazil's actually sticks out a lot, so it's not that many time zones away from the western edge of Africa. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's because atlases distort your view because it doesn't work. Yes. So everything that's in the middle looks smaller than it is, but like Africa can fit China and India and I think like the whole USA and half of Europe in it. Maybe all of Europe. Maybe Australia. Who knows? It's it's always that classic um, with places like that that you're like, oh, one day I'll go, oh, one day. Because it's so far that you're like, it, it needs to be a big trip. Like, it needs to be two weeks or whatever age you are, you might want to go traveling, etc. So you kind of think of all that part of the world in one go. And then then because of that, you never end up going. So, like, I'd love to, especially, like, watching various cookery programs and stuff now. Like, I'd love to visit, like, Southeast Asia and go to Japan and go to China and go to Australia and New Zealand. But it's the kind of place where you don't want to just pop over. Like, you would never just go for a week. Right. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But, but I'd love that. I'd, I'd absolutely love it. I think Southeast Asia, just to be a bit different. Like, I would like to go to New Zealand, and I do have some distant family over there that my sister visited once. And yeah, she very distant. And we just talked about that. Yeah, geography. <laughs> but I, I think like uh, Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia. Good food. That kind of uh, Fuck with yeah. that. I've been watching Somebody Feed Phil um, on Netflix. And What's that? 
It's he is a guy who was the executive producer of um, everybody. No, everybody loves Raymond. Is that the show? That was a show. Was yes, show? Yeah. that was a show. Cool. Uh, and he's <laughs> like a journalist, and he's super nerdy, like New Yorker. And um, he goes round and just eats food and just talks about food and all kinds of stuff. It's really, really good. And so it's making me want to go to these places more and just eat tons of ramen and banh mi and all kinds of mm. shit. Just yeah, like, that does yeah. sound good. It's mostly food motivated. I think any trip that I would want to take to any <laughs> part of the world. Yeah, that's fair. Um, let's stay on that food theme then. Um, Nate Whitten, producer Nate. Thanks for Girlfriend your production. Girlfriend Haver. Girlfriend Haver. Job Haver. Yeah. National Guardian. <laughs> he uh, asks for, and this is probably skewed towards Oscar, but there we go. Favorite Thanksgiving foods. Ooh. Um. So okay, I didn't really like Thanksgiving food for a long time. Um. Because full disrespect to my family, they're not good at cooking turkey. <laughs> like. Okay. Full disclosure: not not many people. No can one's cook good at turkey. cooking turkey. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 No um, one really likes turkey, and turkey <laughs> happens every year. <laughs> turkey happens. I was never the biggest fan of Thanksgiving. Um. And then. Uh, I started going to my in-laws and holy shit, they know how to do Thanksgiving. That food is fucking amazing. Like my father-in-law is just an amazing cook and I didn't realize that Thanksgiving food could be that good. <laughs> um, and so he makes like two or three different stuffings every year. And normally stuffing is just like a, you know, a side dish, like not the main attraction at Thanksgiving, but his stuffings are like really creative really really delicious go amazing with gravy or cranberry sauce or like whatever you want to put on it he has like a different one for every different thing and this guy's like a super super good cook so for me having discovered that thanksgiving foods can be delicious i would say the stuffing at my father-in-law's thanksgiving specifically nice does he he makes like different ones does he make like southern dressing uh i don't know what that is so that's like, it's like a, a friend of mine once made it and flew, well, her dad made it. She's from Georgia and um, she flew it over to me because um, she she used to work for uh, Delta Airlines and um, she brought did, it for did me. Did it have its own seat? Or? Yeah, 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 it was there. <laughs> um, and it's basically like a, a, a stuffing almost, but you serve it as a proper dish. I, I imagine okay. like what you say about the, the stuffings that that's kind of what you do. Like it's big portions in like a almost like a pot, like a like a tray bake almost like in a in a big casserole dish. Um, and so this is with I believe it would be with cornmeal. So it's like similar to like a cornbread. Um, yeah. All your spices, those kind of things, but with shredded chicken in there, and it's all cooked in bacon fat. Ooh. Oh my god! Oh my! And dude, <laughs> keep going. Like, I'm nearly there. Literally, just put it in the oven for a little bit, and put like some cranberry sauce on that, and fuck, it's like one of the best things ever. And I think that's why I don't know, like Thanksgiving and Christmas food is so good because it's like the one time of year where everything should be like super indulgent. Like the secret to all cooking is salt and butter. Like, that's just it. <laughs> so I think especially Thanksgiving, like, there's butter and double heavy cream. It's, it's Ian should celebrate Thanksgiving every year. Yeah, absolutely. Be, uh, although, we don't. I don't know if I'd trust him to roast a turkey or do anything in the oven, really, correctly. He'll grill the shit out of it. 
<laughs> I've, got a, I've got a new oven that's got a thing called Turbo Grill on it. I was, I was born to do it. Oh, oh my. It's, it's uh, oven and grill at the same time to sort of, you know, God, I can't go wrong, surely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Still good. this is, I mean, I'm going to expose myself as a moron here, but never mind. Um, so, obviously, turkey dinner is something you have at Thanksgiving. Do you have turkey dinner at Christmas as well, in, like, in America? Well, I don't do traditional American Christmas. We've talked about this. I, no, like, my family yeah, does no, Guatemalan yeah. Christmas, and then we go do Christmas morning at my in-laws. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, like, the morning, so we have, like, a nice breakfast and stuff. But I think it's more of a ham, traditionally, if... if oh, right. Okay. I, I think. I don't know that for sure, but, like, Christmas ham in my head is a thing, as opposed to Christmas turkey. Like, we do turkey on Thanksgiving. I could be totally wrong. I, it also might vary a lot family to family. I don't know if there's, like, a yeah, yeah. necessarily a traditional American Christmas meal. But to me, ham is more Christmas. Thanksgiving is turkey. So, it's thanks. would you say the one... I mean, I know you look forward to Christmas a lot, obviously, so kind of put that a bit aside. Is Which one would you say is bigger in terms of the country? Is it Thanksgiving or is it Christmas? Oh, no, it's Christmas. It's very much Christmas. Thanksgiving is almost like fading away as the Christmas season extends further and further back to like <laughs> soon it'll be September and it'll be Christmas season. Like, mm. And eventually it's going to meet up with Halloween. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving is kind of going the way of the dinosaur. Um, not actually, it's still a very big holiday, but, but it is getting swallowed up by the Christmas season a little bit. So while Thanksgiving Day itself is a huge deal, like it feels like it's part of a bigger holiday season. Is it the kickoff to the sort of Christmas season? Oh, traditionally, yeah. Like they're like one of the big sort of traditions that we do in the US is, um, Macy's does a huge Thanksgiving Day parade in New York, uh, with like all the giant, like inflatable Pokemon and whatever else like high schools from all over the country, marching bands. Like it's like an hours long parade. And the very last person in the parade is Santa Claus. Yeah. We've all seen Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So he goes from the parade straight into the Macy's and he does his Christmas thing. Like that's officially the kickoff of the Christmas season is the Macy's day parade. Oh, okay. Yeah. So cool. Well, and along with that, Johnny Worthington asks, uh, cause this feels Thanksgiving to me. I might be wrong, but uh, he asks, do you like pumpkin pie out of nowhere? Just decides. Absolutely. Yeah. It's my favorite pie. By far, like I, I get, I, I will buy a pumpkin pie and eat the whole thing for like lunch, like not a problem, like absolutely. So I, I fucking love pumpkin pie. It's sweet pumpkin pie, isn't it? It's not savory. No, no, no. It's it's you take like uh pumpkin paste. I forget what it's called. Like, you take the like raw pumpkin. Like you take the flesh of the pumpkin and blitz it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you just put a lot of like cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger. Oh, okay. And you just bake it and milk to make it like fluffier. Mm-hmm. And then you just yeah. bake it in the so oven. It'll go and the pie sweet crust. naturally, but it's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's got almost the texture and consistency of like a cheesecake, but it's just pure pumpkin flavor with like spices and stuff. It's fucking delicious. Do you guys not have pumpkin pie over there? Like not really. It's not like a big thing. No, no like interesting. It, it exists here, but in the same way that like you know you probably go somewhere specific to find it, or like you. Well, obviously we have pumpkins, um, but <laughs> we do. Yeah. I think like pumpkin pie and sweet potato pie to me, they both just feel like cheating because like it's like a vegetable slash fruit. I don't know what a pumpkin might classify as. <laughs> Wait, Maybe fruit. is pumpkin a vegetable? Yeah. Is it, oh fuck! Is it a- <laughs> Damn it! I like a vegetable. This is not good. It's a vegetable. It's a gourd. Well, does it? <laughs> it's a squash slash gourd. Gourd. Mm. Hmm. Well, you put doubt in my mind now. I just I went very very clearly that it was a vegetable, and then I immediately <laughs> hold on, went, hold on, I got, I got this. no idea. <laughs> Alexa, is pumpkin a vegetable? 
While seeded vegetables, like pumpkin, are considered vegetables for culinary use, they are botanically fruits. Ah. Okay, so it's the old, like, do, do vegetables even exist? Technically, everything is a fruit. <laughs> That's not but, like, what vegetable... Alexa just said. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Do you not know this? Vegetables are well, only, like, a culinary thing, but, like, fruits are the, like, biological thing. They're yeah, but, all fruits. But not everything, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Not everything is fruit. It, 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 no. <laughs> well, no, there's also the, meat yeah, and, like, yeah, cheese. Yeah, well done. <laughs> but, no, just because something is a vegetable doesn't mean it is a fruit. <laughs> Yes, that's like, yeah, that's true. It could be a root or something. That's not a fruit. That's not the same. Yes, correct. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but no, but they're they're delicious. And yeah, so it's, it's like well, pump, so yes. pumpkin spice has become a huge thing over here, and I'd say bigger and bigger and more public in the last three, four, five years, maybe. Like all the Starbucks, okay. the Starbucks red cups, and and that yeah, kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. thing happening over here, I think has been become a lot bigger here. Um, so I think yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past it. it becoming more of a thing here that pumpkin pies come in at, at like a Christmas time or something. Um, mm, well, I hope as, so. They sound delicious. kind of the Americanisms and whatever. And that's Yeah, and that is definitely something that gets served at Thanksgiving dinner in most houses, I would say, is like you have your pumpkin pie for dessert. Nice. After eating 20 pounds of food for three hours straight, you're like, you know what we need? A pie. Come on, dessert goes into a different stomach. Everyone knows that. Everyone yeah. knows that. <laughs> it's fine. My mum's been ready. saying that since I was like... A tiny child. Say <laughs> that, you got two stomachs. Yep, one for dessert. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave Matteo asks, if you were president and, oh, had, to have a, <laughs> and had to have a celebrity <laughs> as a vice president, who would you pick? So it can't be a politician, uh, it has to be someone else. Who would you pick as your vice president? Congratulations, Oscar, by the way. Thanks. I, I did not win the election. I'm not the vice president. But <laughs> I won the election! I appreciate the congratulations nonetheless. I won it! I won! <laughs> Just claim it. Yeah. Um, Chuck, who you got? I want, to, I want to hear the Brits' answers to this. I mean, it's E is one of two. I mean, it's either The Rock <laughs> or it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger is disqualified because he's not a natural-born citizen. You have to have been Neither born in the US. You just assumed it was president of the USA. I mean, it could be, you Fair know, enough. we could become a republic. <laughs> Get rid of the monarchy and establish a presidency. Pre- Chuck for president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I won. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's the Rock, isn't it? it? That's the logical thing. In like fifteen, twenty years, he runs and wins it. If we're going by celebrity, non-politician, who doesn't love him? No one in their right mind. He's super positive. Exactly. Yeah, he's just like a great, like, or at least his persona is that of a great person who like goes around helping people and like giving to charity and. Just affable he, and like that. he's fucking huge. He's a good also that. Although, have you seen the picture of him standing next to Shaq and Charles Barkley? He looks like a child next oh, to yeah. NBA players. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, he's bad. He plays like the biggest fucking action star in every movie that he's in. He's like a foot taller than Vin Diesel. He's like, and then you stand him next to two NBA players, former NBA players, and you're like, oh my god, you're tiny, yeah. <laughs> tiny man. <laughs> But like he was—he's the biggest wrestler of all time. So all the rednecks and shit would love him. True. <laughs> yes. True. Actually, yeah. What about you, Ian? Who you got? Marcus Rashford. Oh shit! I'd like to—that's a good change answer. Change my answer. He's—he's—he's <laughs> he's, he's so fully into the politics at the minute. But he's better at it without even doing it. 
Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. He's be- without even trying, he seems to be better at it than most Conservative MPs. All of whom, the ones who argued with him about the sort of free school meal thing, and then two weeks later on a sort of Friday night, Boris very quietly goes, oh yeah, uh, we'll, that free school meal thing, we'll do that. Like, imagine how you'd feel if you were one of those Conservative MPs who'd been arguing with him on Twitter, and then your boss just two weeks later goes, oh no, Mark Rashford was right, let's do that. And you're left... You've been arguing against feeding kids, <laughs> and then you have to go. Oh no, I was, I was for feeding kids all along. Don't don't worry about the bit where I voted against it. No, I was I was for it definitely. Look, Fuck. if the last four years have taught us anything, it's that the truth has no part to play whatsoever, no. and facts have no part to play whatsoever <laughs> in politics. It's just whatever you want. Like to, yeah. to get massively sidetracked by it, and we literally started this podcast saying we'd never talk about politics beforehand. That is that, <laughs> that is like the yeah. one rule we had. Yeah. but like I don't get it. Like. Politics, the whole thing is just like, oh, you put on one thing and like just make it happen and do you agree and blah, 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 blah. But like, it's such an easy win, clearly, to get millions of people on your side just to go, you know what, yeah, let's just keep feeding kids. Or or what we could do is come out and go, well, they shouldn't have had so many kids in the first place. Like, <laughs> it's, Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just... Okay, mate. But, you know, you're just, you know how you won an election before? Like, you need to, you need to win another one. Yeah, in yeah. Like a few years. It just shows how bizarrely ideologically driven it was. Just, just, yeah. So, well, so yeah, odd. and then over here they're like, you shouldn't have so many kids if you're going to have to ask for welfare and stuff. But then at the same time they're like, but you're not allowed to not have kids if you are on the way to having a kid, aka abortions, right? Like they're like, yeah. no abortions, but stop having kids also that you can't afford. And it's like, well, yeah. So, so, yeah. so let's punish the completely blameless kid for that. <laughs> What exactly. Yeah. Also, that like this kid exists. They're born. <laughs> Feed them, please. Not their fault. <laughs> like, oh my god! It's not my fault. I was born either. Please. I wish I could go back. Take me back. <laughs> I think your mum might have some concerns. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, who would you pick then, Oscar? Um. Well, I have to go with a person of color. Obviously, like we've had more than enough fucking white people in this position, whether president or vice president. Um, I also think it'd be good to have a woman. Notice that he let us go first and then said that. Like, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. <that's- laughs> well, The Rock is a person of color and so is Marcus Rashford. So you guys kind of ended up there anyway. Yeah, true. This is true. There you go. Um, so I just tried to think about like, what women of color do I know would be like at all good at the job? And there is someone who like runs a billion dollar empire, is a kind and generous person who like has compassion for other humans um, and is super wicked smart. And so I'm going to go with Oprah Winfrey because uh. she is just like the best. Um, although I didn't like her growing up for stupid reasons. My mom used to watch Oprah and she would always like get really crazy ideas in her head from watching Oprah. So like I, the most crystallized version of that is there was an episode where like some teenager was driving with the window open and there was a freak accident where they ran over like a downed power line and the fucking power line got tangled in the car, got whipped up into the, through the open window and like electrocuted the kid and killed him. It's just like the most freak accident ever. And my mom was like, you're not allowed to have the window open in the car anymore. That's amazing. I was like, are you fucking crazy lady? Like that's never going to happen anywhere else ever again. But so she used to get all worked up from Oprah, but like Oprah herself, like, out of her own pocket, she just gave everyone in her audience a car that one time because she could, because it would make them happy. Like, just a good person who also is, like, incredibly savvy and well-organized. So, 
Sorry, was that too serious of an answer? No, no, not at all. I, I'll just think of those three wildly different presidential tickets that we're all running Imagine on. Imagine if they were just together. <laughs> yeah. But, but it just, like, just, just good people. Just, just be good, but just don't be a prick. You have to consult the Council of Elders made up of Marcus Rashford, Oprah Winfrey and The Rock. It's just oh, bizarre situation. Imagine, imagine the pressure going into that room. Yeah. I do love the idea of a non-American. I kind of ruled that out because of like the Constitution and stuff, but getting an outside perspective on this broken-ass country would be good. Is Angela Merkel busy? She's fucking amazing. I love that She's woman. smart. <laughs> She's very smart. Yeah. Right. Um, let's go with uh, Tom Townley again uh, asking, <laughs> when is it socially acceptable to put a Christmas tree up? And <laughs> what should the punishment be for people who think the answer is November? <laughs> Hang on, so is he saying that October is in then, and that's fine? Yeah, yeah October's in. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. <laughs> I would say... Yeah, go I big w- or go home. Yeah, I would say um, it's your house, do what the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether Tom was expecting more support, but I don't think he's going to get it from us three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't think that we can, like, start decorating this early, like, you're listening to the wrong podcast, bud. And, like, don't, don't stop being a Patreon, we love you. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been listening to the mop... Christmas music playlist for like weeks already and it's November 17 at the time of recording and especially this year like I'm not going to Thanksgiving at home like I'm probably just gonna have like mac and cheese or Chinese food for Thanksgiving like I'm not gonna fucking cook a turkey for me and Emily at home like we're just not doing Thanksgiving this year so I'm like fully diving in on Christmas to replace that hole in my heart (laughs) (laughs) but um but honestly, I think like whenever you want, like it's it's yeah. it's your fucking house, like Chuck said, like just fucking de- decorate. This year especially, people get a free pass. You, usually, I'd be a bit more a bit more on Tom's side about it because we, we don't generally put stuff up until December because uh, I just I just get bored of the Christmas trees and everything. So certainly, once Christmas is out of the way, we don't leave them up. Some people leave stuff up till January the sixth or whatever, and we're definitely not like that. Once Christmas is done, <laughs> the fucking Christmas come down starts, and I just want to sort of get that, you know, get the house back to normal. But yeah, this year I think I think people get a pass. I, I'm I'm fine with it. There's loads of houses around me with Christmas decorations up and I'm perfectly happy with it. Yeah, we meant to decorate last weekend, but then the PS5 came and it was like, um, we're not <laughs> everything, decorating anymore. Everything else in life went on the back burner. <laughs> exactly. Thank God it was an international break. Otherwise, I would have been like, hey, guys, ready to record the pod? Didn't watch a single thing. <laughs> um, but here's an embarrassing thing. You talk about taking them down quickly. When lockdown started, I hadn't taken down our Christmas decorations. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. I just, it was like making me happy. To have them around. I don't know. (laughs) I just kept putting it off, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And then we hit March and like coronavirus was happening. And I was like, we should leave this up. It'll brighten up the apartment for a little while longer. I love the idea that you're just, you know, you, you haven't gone out a lot because of concerns with your health. So you are just sat in your own little Christmas bubble, perpetual Christmas bubble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like all through lockdown. Just I've got, yeah, visions of you just sort of singing Christmas songs for the, the last, like, eight months. Yeah, you're not wrong. And thank God Emily indulges me. She's a, she's a good egg, that one. So <laughs> what about you guys? Chuck, where are you at on this? Um, well, we've not decorated anything at the minute, but, you know, I'm not against it. Like... Never mind. I think it's just. I think it's more that people, it, like you said earlier with the Thanksgiving stuff, is that Christmas starts earlier and earlier and earlier each year. But like, I think for me, like I worked in 
restaurant. So, you know, Christmas, we start to take the bulk of Christmas bookings. It starts to ramp up usually just after the August bank holiday, which is the last weekend in August. That's when you start to, that's when it kind of starts to, you get your first big ones. But you get get more, more and more people booking in like February, March, April, May, like each year. It goes up and up and up, so... You know, for me, it's just, uh, it's usually like Halloween. You're in the perpetual way. Halloween, Christmas as well. Then. Yeah, Halloween irritates <laughs> me more than um, Christmas because, yeah. well, I like Christmas. I'm not bothered about Halloween at all. And so that one is just like, a, I don't understand why, especially this year, that they're still trying to push Christmas and just be like, oh, yeah, uh, Halloween, sorry. And like, yeah, kids should go around to other people's houses. Like, no, <laughs> like, no. first of all, you shouldn't encourage kids to take sweets off adults for one day a year anyway because it lulls them into a full sense of security. And second of all, it's a pandemic, man. I don't care if you're wearing a ghost mask. Get away from my house. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, and I—I I mean, Halloween wasn't certainly trick or treating. Halloween was nowhere near as big as it is now. When I was a kid, mm. you just didn't—you know—I I wasn't missing out by not going trick or treating. Like no, no one really did. And then it's really ramped up in the last sort of ten years or so. Um, but I've—I've I've sort of moved on to a, a, a new estate, and they did take quite good in that they. Uh, the sales office for the sort of builders of of the houses here, like they acted as a central point of like a sweet drop off, where you could drop off your sweets and they'd be left left alone for like a week. So like you know to to take any, away any chance of any virus being passed on or whatever. So that like you could drop off sweets there, and then kids could sign up or the, the parents could sign up on Facebook, and there was people would say that they'd decorated their houses and they'd put them on a trail. So as you could get a map get a map of the sort of estate on Facebook and go around the different houses and then at the end they would give you like some ba- the bagged up sweets that had been left for a week so had hopefully not had any virus on them. <laughs> and, um, it was but it was quite good because so we went around the estate and there was one bit that was like hey, look down there it looks like someone's projecting something onto another house. And we went up there and it was like a massive projection of Pennywise the Clown. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure this is fun anymore. <laughs> I take my 10-year-old <laughs> sort of things. And then uh, Kel was like, oh, I started taking a picture of it. And as she's taking a picture, like Finley just like tapped me and pointed out to me like two steps behind Kelly, there was a bloke in a hockey mask sat down on his drive that was just slowly standing up. And I just went, uh, Kel... <laughs> <laughs> like, then a fucking zombie comes around the corner. The, these guys have put some fucking effort into it. And Finley just looks at me and says, can we go back to our side of the estate now? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, come on, let's go. We don't go there was, over like, that People dressed as clowns, like dead bodies and stuff. And you'd walk past them and they'd sort of like get up. People had put a hell of a lot of effort in. And it was actually quite, it was quite fun, I must admit. But the, the, different to trick-or-treating, which uh, obviously couldn't happen this year. So, yeah, it was quite quite fun around here. But... Uh, it's not something we did when I was a kid, so yeah. My brother bought some PV, PVC pipe, like the, the plastic like plumbing pipe that people use, mm. and he built a like slide for candy from his front door down to like halfway down the like little path right. that goes up to his house. So when kids were coming for trick-or-treating, he would just stick a candy bar in the PVC pipe and it would like slide right down and then pop out the other end and the kids could get the candy that way and he didn't have to like interact with anyone. I was like, oh, that's really clever. I'm glad you, I'm like... 
being safe, but still giving candy out to strangers. Like, that's that's pretty nice. <laughs> the spirit of Halloween. So, October 31st, right? Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. November 1st. Perfect. And uh, last question to uh, Johnny Worthington. Who is each of your favorite comedians? Um, his is Richard Herring, uh, because he does cock jokes and even wrote a book about it. Um, yeah, Richard Herring's Talking Cock is a good book. It's genuinely brilliant. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, that's a good choice there. Richard Herring is a good good comedian. He did um, a Hitler moustache tour where he uh, grew a Hitler moustache to see how the reaction would be in his day-to-day life and then went on tour with a comedy show sort of surrounded by it. And uh, yeah, when he played Peterborough, which, you know, if you're a sort of liberal person living in Peterborough, it can be a little bit tricky sometimes because uh, there's a big sort of immigrant population that the the natives kick against sometimes. <laughs> and uh, he said his, his show had never been better received than in Peterborough because we were just like seeing a comedian who wasn't a sort of right-wing scumbag. <laughs> so it was, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Although that comedian who wasn't a right-wing scumbag currently had a Hitler moustache on, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, it was an experiment, but it was good. Um, of the British comedians, I got, I would go with James Acaster. Although I have to oh, admit, I'm not particularly choice. familiar with like the British comedy scene. Yeah. Mm. Um, and there are very separate comedy scenes. Like, there's a lot of American stand-ups that I would imagine you guys don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. And yeah. there's a ton of British stand-ups that I don't know. But of the ones that I've come across, definitely in in the England, it's James Acaster. He's very weird and very funny. Yeah, he is great. Yeah, I saw him play Peterborough. Uh, about a year ago and uh he's always had a funny relationship with people one because he comes from a town nearby called Kettering and um he he on one of his tours he had a whole routine about how a joke in Peterborough had completely fallen flat and just not done and he made a whole routine out of it and then yeah when he played Peterborough recently he sort of a lot of his show was uh, had a sort of Brexit tinge to it and then there was one guy in the audience who had uh, had voted leave and uh, for Brexit, and uh, it just changed the whole atmosphere. But he dealt with it so well. And for the second half, his his show pretty much went out the window, and he was just talking to this one bloke in the audience and sort of really making a bit of an example of him. And nice. uh, it was so good. The the atmosphere. You you uh, Chuck, you probably know like um, Stuart Lee, like deliberately mm. creates an atmosphere in the room. So as he can sort of kick against it or whatever, and he'll do that quite a lot. Well, James Acaster, this sort of just naturally happened at Peterborough, and it was really good. He dealt with it so well, and it was such a good show. Um, what was it called? I can't remember. This show was called oh, Cold Lasagna Hate Life or something. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> yeah, very, very odd. But yeah, James Acaster is definitely one of our best. Yeah, absolutely. Chuck, where are you at on this? Um, just trying to think, because most of the time, like, I watch there's a lot of the comedians that have similar agents and those kind of things. So they're on rotation of a lot of the shows together. Yeah. Um, but I do enjoy um, Dane Baptiste. I really enjoy him. Yeah, he is um, good. Yeah. He's very, yeah, very good and very intelligent uh, kind of guy yeah, as well. Yeah, very sharp. Yeah. Um, similarly, but just in kind of a, in a more lighthearted way, Mo Gilligan uh, is really good. There was a program actually a little while ago. It was called... Funny Black and British, I think. Yeah. And it was about how the the kind of within the UK comedy scene about how the black kind of um, circuit, as it were, was so super, super popular in a kind of um, 
packing out venues and those kind of ways, but then never like they 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 even said like no you've got you get one black person in the mainstream like that's it that's how it works on TV so, like, panel if you shows that, and stuff yeah, yeah so yeah. if you were that one guy it was great because you were just going to be put, and anyway so that was like a really good program not just for um, informative purposes but also getting to hear these comedians that I'd never heard of and 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 that was really really fun um, I like James Acaster I saw him about six years ago and didn't it just didn't really work at the time. But then right. watching him back later, then I was like, oh, okay, no, I really get this guy. What about Americans? Do you guys know any, do either of you know like anyone from the American comedy scene that you would say you like? I mean, I specifically watched SNL the other week because it was Dave Chappelle. Okay. Um, and he's brilliant. And I think his time, like, because he took quite a long time off. He was kind of out of the public spotlight for a long, yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then he just came back and his style is kind of similar, but a bit more kind of refined. And, and, and so I really enjoy listening to him. Um, a, I can't think of any specific American comedians. Um, I really like Jim Jeffries, the Australian comedian who went huge oh, yeah. in yeah. America. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Well, all over, I've told, really, have, so. have I told you about that? I saw Jim Jeffries, like, I mean, it must be 15 years ago, yeah. playing in a little room in Scarborough. And um, like a good sixty percent of his material was about hardcore pornography, and like, <laughs> like me and my mate were pissing ourselves because being students at the time, we were consumers of <laughs> connoisseurs of hardcore pornography, vast quantities. <laughs> yeah, and like I swear, we were absolutely pissing ourselves, and uh, a lot of these old boys in the Scarborough Comedy Club weren't particularly uh, weren't particularly getting it. But I, I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Well, if you uh, if either of you want a, an American recommendation, I would say Mike Birbiglia is probably the the closest equivalent to James A. Caster in terms of like American comedians. He's just a bit weird. Very dry, very, very smart and funny. Um, he has an older special called What I Should Have Said Was Nothing, uh, where it's just like stories about like... I think you've mentioned him before, yeah. Oh, have I? Think, I? Yeah, I, yeah. Think he, you I have, mean, he's yeah. amazing. The whole bit is like telling stories, embarrassing stories. Yeah. Uh, looking back and, and like one of the repeating lines that he says in that one is like, oh no, I'm in the future too. I know <laughs> like when the audience groans at like something stupid that he did and the, where the name of the special comes from is he's telling a story about how he was moving into a place and he's like super socially anxious, just like an awkward dude. And he was moving into an apartment building and he had like left the key somewhere, but he was carrying a mattress and a woman opened the door for him and was like, well, I know you live here because because uh, like you wouldn't be carrying a mattress if you were a murderer or a rapist. And he said, you'd be surprised. Yeah, I definitely remember you telling this before. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, what I should have said was nothing. What I did say was you'd be surprised. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Oh, so check that out if you can find it. I remember um, we, me and Finley actually watched one of your recommendations when we were doing uh, Isolation Recommendation Station. And um, uh, what was it? It was the two, two guys... Um, Oh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz, that's the, yeah, the improv it. special? Yeah, oh really my God. good. They were really, really good. Yeah, did you watch all three episodes? Yeah, we did, yeah. Oh, it was I so really good. really liked it. They were just yeah. consistently tripping themselves up. It was just absolutely, yeah, really, really Yeah, check stuff. that out. That's on Netflix that. if you guys want some comedy. It's not stand-up. It's like a... Improv, yeah. Improv 
thing. It's a mm. long form improv, so it's like an hour long, like one scenario, and it gets super complicated. And they're so good at it. I don't even like improv, but that's like that's a super good one, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right, and I think that uh, about wraps it up for questions. So I think we've got to uh, we've got to take the next instalment of the bluffer. Oh, we do. Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> oh shit, I I've forgot been about looking that. Looking forward to this. Oh, did you? <laughs> 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 Um, yes, so it is my turn to host Le Bluffer this week. Um, we've this is the third one. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I'm. Am I winning two nil nil? Two nil nil. Yeah. Yeah. Is someone actually keeping score? Because we're going to lose track of yeah, this. I've, I've got a note on my phone. Okay, <laughs> great. Okay. Ian's got it written on the wall behind him. Yeah. I told Scrawled. you he's vandalised his property. Um, so I have three questions, um, three topics. Uh, we'll play all of them no matter what happens. But I'm going to try to. Um, yeah, you'll pick a number, and it will totally be uh, different ones that you get. So um, three topics. One is geography. One is sport, and one is food. Ooh. Um, so, uh, age before beauty, I guess. Ian, um, <laughs> would you like topic one, two, or three? Uh, one, please. One. Okay, so this one is... Uh, I've done these before, so it's a half American, half UK question. So, I would like you... Well, according to statista.com, I have got the top 10 US states by population and the top 10 UK counties by population. Um, So that leaves 20. Ian, how many can you name? I will go with uh, six. Opening bit of six. I'll go with seven. Yeah, see, now the thought of this was, I reckon that Oscar could get all 10 of the US. No, I don't think so. obviously it's the UK ones that he could slip up on. Yeah, but I, I will struggle to get... <laughs> I don't even know UK counties, so... Exactly. <laughs> so Oscar went seven. Yeah, I'll go eight. Ian's going eight, so we're nearing 50%. I'll go nine. Nine. Ian, can you do ten... I think I'm. I think I might bow out at nine. So I think I might. Yeah, Oscar, you got to name nine. Okay, so Oscar, you need to name nine of well the ten top ten US states, which I figure you're just going to go for that one, or <laughs> any of the top ten UK counties uh, by I'm population. Gonna, nine is probably the number I actually know. I'm glad you called me out there. So I'll start off with the states, and then I'm going to throw out I think two UK counties. If well, one of them might not be a county. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go with the states, though. We got California, Texas, and New York. Yes. Are yes. the three biggest? So that is, that is one, two, and four. Four. Okay. Um, who else would be there? Chicago's a big city, so Illinois. Illinois is sixth. Oh, I still don't have the third one. Who would, oh, Florida. Florida. Florida is third, yes. Um. So I have six now? Four, no, you've got five. You've got four more to go. Okay. Um, Pennsylvania. Yes, six. So you've got the top six. Okay. <laughs> this is where it starts getting dicier. I'm going to say Greater London. Is that a county? Yes. That Very is good. the top one of the UK. I'm going to say Manchester or Greater Manchester or something along those lines. I'll give you that because yeah, it's Greater Manchester. If you did, and because if you'd have said Manchester, I would have asked for more. So yeah, <laughs> that's eight. So you've got the top six U.S. states, and you've got number one and number three for U.K. counties. Okay, I don't know any more counties in the U.K. 
Like I'm a Liverpool is there's a county that has Liverpool in it that probably is up there, but I don't know the name of the county. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna throw a state out there that I think just from the remembering like the electoral college votes because that is directly correlated to population. I'm gonna go with Michigan. Michigan is tenth oh. on the list. Oh my, that's close. Snuck in there. Um, yeah, so that's what I kind of thought you based it on was the Electoral College. Uh, so the three you missed, seven, eight, and nine, were Ohio, Georgia, and North Carolina. Wow. And okay. uh, for UK counties, Ian, do you want to throw any out there? Don't know. Uh, Kent. Kent, yeah. Kent is fifth. Uh, Essex. Essex is seventh. Um... See, Oscar was on good logic here where he was looking at big cities. and then Yeah, the yeah that's, what I, that's definitely them. what I did. Um, Yorkshire. Gonna need you to be more specific, but it's oh, uh, North Yorkshire. No, no. Uh, West Yorkshire and South Yorkshire were oh, in there. Okay. Are the Midlands? Is the Midlands a county? So it's West Midlands, okay. which would be. I'm pretty sure that's where Birmingham would be. Question mark. Birmingham. Yeah, I imagine so. I'm from Birmingham. Liverpool is Merseyside. Merseyside which would have been, which would have been uh, ninth in there. Uh, you could also have had Lancashire and oh that's it hampshire hampshire and lancashire okay well i I think i did yeah i think i did the right thing because i think i'd have lost it if i'd have gone for 10 so there we go so well done oscar one point to oscar so oscar you get to choose between number two and number three lucky number three it's international break so gareth southgate named a 25 man squad for this international break how many of those players (laughs) can you name now, this is based on the original posting. I don't know if there's been any changes due to injury, suspension, replacement players, those kind of things, because I can't be bothered to Google all that. <laughs> so, how many can you name of? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, 25. Uh, three? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who he took, if he made weird decisions. Like, I didn't, I did 0% followed this. So, Ian, if you want to go bigger numbers, you're going to get this category. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm not okay. confident well, at I'll, all. I'll, I'll take a jump up and go six. Oh, well, it's actually 30, so... Okay. <laughs> so it just gets easier. Yeah. Um, um, I'll say seven. So Oscar's on seven, Ian, higher? Eight. Higher. I'll go nine. Nine. We're not even at a third yet. Ten. Yes. <laughs> Eleven. Yes. <laughs> Twelve. Oh, yes. <laughs> Lucky 13. Thirteen. I'm punting. I'm fully punting, this hoping that like, right. I'm I'm pretty confident if I went fourteen, you know, I'd answer. But is what point are you're going to let me go up to fucking thirty? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to keep driving whereas you it, up for sure. Exactly. Whereas if Beatles I call songs, you Beatles songs, just say thirty. <laughs> go. Like I can I can name thirty English players that are like the thirty bestish English players, but I don't know who fucking plays for the for the national. But team. the point is, if I if I get you to name thirteen, there's a chance you don't get it. So oh, absolutely. I'm punting beyond like three. That's yeah. Happening. I remember reading tweets about three of them who made mistakes or like or something, and that's it. Like Only the rest three. of the <laughs> I think I want you to name thirteen. Oh fuck! Oh. I know I can do more, but I think this is the best way for me to get the point because you're just going to keep driving. This me is up. your strategy. Yes. This is what you do, man. And you like well, you're gonna win. You know, very good. Okay, oh, so Oscar, you need to name thirteen. Okay. of the players. All right, I'll start off with Jordan Pickford. Jordan Pickford. <laughs> um, oh, shit. Uh, Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker. Mason Mount. Mason 
Matt, first name on a team sheet. Mason, now. Those are the three I read tweets about, so the rest of these are a punt. I gotta get ten that I'm hoping none of them happen to have missed out. Harry Kane. Harold Kane. That is four. Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling makes five. Um, Harry Maguire. Makes six. Um, Chilwell. Seven. Uh... I don't know if he's injured or healthy, but Jordan Henderson makes eight. Okay. Um, oh, getting twitchy now. You doing five well. more? Yeah, Ian, you might have fucked this. Um, yeah. Wan Biz. Oh, yuck! Fuck, motherfucker! Yes. God damn it! Aaron Wan I believe he is debating whether he's going to be selected for the Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay, okay. <laughs> Your arch nemesis, the uh, Greenwood. Republic of Congo. I'll just rattle off some more that I would have said Greenwood. No, yep. boo! All right, there you go. I definitely would have lost this by far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so goalkeepers, you missed Dean Henderson and Nick Pope. Okay. Uh, defenders, Trent Alexander-Arnold, oh, Connor duh. Cody, Eric Dyer, Joe Gomez, Reese James, Michael Keane, Ainsley Maitland-Lyles, Tyrone Mings, Bukayo Saka, and Kieran Trippier. Um, midfielders, you could have had Phil Foden, Declan Rice, James Ward-Prowse, and Harry Winks. And forwards, Tommy Abraham. Grealish did a Dominic Calvert-Lewin, <laughs> Jack Grealish, Dr... <laughs> Marcus Rashford, Rashford MBE, MBE <laughs> Hell, and Jaden Sancho. All right. Oh, I'm so happy with how that went. Beautiful. So it is what a piece, and we move on to almost by design uh, number three. It's almost <laughs> like I rigged it. Um, so, according to the very reliable website Taste Atlas. Um, which is a has created a survey from the 25th of October 2020. I have got the 30 most popular food items around the world. Uh, now, caveat, to be helpful, some of them, they were like one individual food item, so I got rid of. So, for example, starches, like rice isn't in there, potatoes isn't in there, spaghetti. So I took the logic that... It would have to be something you would have to do to make into that would be a reasonable meal. Okay. okay. I also got rid of milkshake, which was in there, um, because that's just that's a drink. Um, <laughs> so it's actually the top thirty-five, but you can only get points for thirty of them. Right. So zero. How can... many <laughs> of the top thirty foods can you name, Ian Stimson? I'm I'm confused about. What I can say here, yeah, very I much. I, I will, don't, don't, very don't much. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I will be very lenient. But but because you said like n- not individual items, like so for example, rice, like, I don't know whether you can say like cheese or uh, well, it, <laughs> yeah, I will be lenient. So if you say something that's a coverall term, right. and there are specific items within it. Okay. I will tell you such. Okay, if you okay. give a specific example of something right. which clearly fits into a category of a thing, <laughs> I will give you the point. And I will this tell you. Classic bluff affair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sandwich. I say sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, is, is is it me opening the bidding? Yeah. Okay. I'll say uh, four. Five. Six. Take it. I don't fucking believe it. This is way too hard of a question. I don't trust myself. I'm going to lose on the first one if I take this. Like, 100%. Okay. 
Um, okay, so Ian, name six. I, I'm, I'm confused, so I'm going to have to be guided, but um, okay. I'll say uh, bread. Right, no, that doesn't, no, no, that's, that the, doesn't that's fly. the whole point. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh god! I don't know. These are like these are like dishes. No, he doesn't lose. Dishes, I said I'd right. be fair. Yeah, so it's like dishes or yeah. thing or like. Okay, I'm ex- I'm extremely confused here, Ian. Also, like uh, this is why I wanted nothing okay. to do with this category. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, um, like hamburger. Hamburger. Right. Tick. Okay. One. Um. Hmm. This might be too broad. Uh, curry. Is that too broad? Yeah, that's far too broad. That's far too broad. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pizza. Burger was the one answer I had also for the record. <laughs> pizza was number one on this list. Also, I don't know the validity of any of this because yeah, it seems that's like right. weird. You, you've, but... said, you've said the sauce, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so pizza was one, hamburger was three. Okay, okay. So um, you've got two. What's more popular than hamburger? Um... Spaghetti bolognese. Yes, there is a. You're lucky. Oh. It's the very last one. Is it? <laughs> and I will give it to you that it is a ragu alla bolognese. Okay. Um, that is. Yeah, that's the last one you could have had. So wow. you got three. So you're halfway. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and you don't have the second most popular. No. Like what? Really obvious thing are you missing? Yeah. Why am I helping you? Fuck <laughs> off. Because you're really curious into this. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really, really curious. Um, chili con carne. Ah, yeah, I knew it. I knew you'd get Oscar yourself here. Oscar gets the point. Uh, chicken fingers. Is chicken fingers number two? Chicken fingers is... The, what? What? How American a specific a specificity? <laughs> oh, I thought like chicken... you could get that everywhere. Damn it. Yeah, you can, but that doesn't mean everyone eats it every day. <laughs> yeah, go on then, Chuck. Oh, I'm really but... interested. Okay, so the second one would have been sushi. Uh, oh, fucking oh, hell. Four, yeah. four was ramen. You heard of had tacos. Um, <sighs> then tacos. we moved down to tofu, uh, croissants, cupcakes, tortillas, uh, <laughs> yaki, yakiniku, which is a Japanese barbecue, jiaozi, which is Chinese gyoza, dim sum, brownies, uh, mousse, as in like chocolate mousse, those kind of things, paella, mozzarella, a cheeseburger, uh, American oh, that barbecue. Was yeah. Oh, um, I said. Yeah, that seems like it shouldn't be separate. Well, <laughs> uh, American barbecue, cheddar, wagashi, which is uh, Japanese sweets, macaroni cheese, yakitori, macaroons, uh, a roti, uh, risotto, feta, gyoza, and ragu alla bolognese. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like some of those seem obvious in retrospect, but yeah. I, I, there's no way you can get to like five or six without saying something wrong. Like, exactly. And then I got rid of rice, uh, glass noodles, sashimi, spaghetti, udon, and milkshake. Right, yeah. Okay. Oh, How'd you get rid of sashimi? And french fries. Because all that is is just like you just cut a fish and put it on a plate. That's it. <laughs> I guess. Tortillas I was in there though. Tortillas is like bread. Look, what do you want from me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> You said I want chi- my point. If Thank you very if much. You'd, if you'd ha- you would have some form of comeback to this, if your one suggestion hadn't been chicken fingers. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I've got chicken fingers in the freezer. That's lunch sorted. That is lunch sorted. Thanks, mate. Okay, so congratulations. Uh, who won? Oscar. Oscar. Yep. Yep. Two one zero. 
two, one, zero. I'm the two, Oscar's the one, and Ian, reigning champion, mm. bluffmeister bluff. Um, <laughs> Ian Simpson is in third on zero. Uh, so that rounds up the big bulging mailbags that we brought to you this week. Um, Christmassy mailbags. Maybe we'll do another one. Although there's no international break now until like many, many ago. Mm. So And lots of football. Speaking of football, Saturday, we're back. Boo, 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 boo. Opening with uh, Newcastle, Chelsea. Oh. Yay! <laughs> oh. Oh, Newcastle. No, 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 that's a good game. I'm kidding. I jest. And of course, something we did mention is the pay-per-view games are now gone until the new year. So we Yay. can watch all the football again without paying 15 quid a pop. Uh, yeah, happy- some of it's on BBC as well. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Fulham Everton is, so. Uh, back to pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> put that. Charge 15 quid for that, you sadists. Um, right, so anyway, 12.30 on Saturday. No early kickoff, no cheeky kickoff, no FPL fuckery. Um, 12.30, Newcastle, Chelsea. Then we've got Aston Villa, Brighton, Spurs, Man City. Uh, big game. Uh, speaking of big game, bottom of the table clash, Man United versus West Brom. Um, then on Sunday... <laughs> to decide who's the worst out of those. Yes. Um, who gets the sack? It's one of them. Let's see if we can... Anyway, uh, job centre. Fulham versus Everton. Although Everton now have their players back, so maybe they'll be good again. Um <laughs> Who knows? Sheffield United versus West Ham. Leeds versus Arsenal. Liverpool, Leicester. And then on Monday, Burnley, happy place turf more, Crystal Palace. And <laughs> uh, Wolves, Southampton. Um, so quite a broad range. And there's some good fixtures in there. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Spurs City is like two very good teams going at each other. I'm very curious to see how that goes. A real potential marker for either of those teams if they can get a big result. Mm. Liverpool, Leicester, especially as now all of Liverpool's starting back four are injured. Yeah, is Trent hurt now? Because he was on England, did you just said? But I thought he was hurt. Trent was injured before. He got a call up and then got injured. Robertson's now injured. Van Dijk is yep. injured. Gomez is injured. Uh, Joel Matip is injured. Matt, so Matip as well. Jamie Vardy's having a fucking party. <laughs> he could yeah. well be, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to see the power of their analytics team and what kind of like lower prospects they were able to scope out if they're any good. So that's, that'll be interesting. Uh, do you not remember from last week the guy's name who you couldn't remember multiple Phillips? times? Phillips? Is it Phillips? Well done. Phillips and Yeah! <laughs> well done. And who have Peterborough got this week? Top of the table, Peterborough? Uh, Blackpool. Are you still top of the table? We are, but it's uh, teams have got games in hand on us now. We lost to Crew at the weekend. Oh, they absolutely destroyed us. Um, Classic, you know, uh, Ferguson gets manager of the month and then the next game we lose 2-0. Um, so, yeah, Blackpool next. Um, and we've got to try and, yeah, solidify our place at top of the league because there's other teams snapping at our heels now. Well, Ugh. keep an eye on that one, listeners. And uh, <laughs> anyway, that about wraps us up for this week. So thank you very much for listening, enduring. Um, the international break is over. Fear not. And delicious, delicious football is all back. Say goodbye, Oscar Puente. That was a much better job wrapping up the podcast yeah. than we yeah. did last week. <laughs> oh, I know. It made me realise finally what my value might be. <laughs> Say goodbye, <laughs> Lord Ian of Stimbleberries. Toodle pep. Toodle pip, and we'll see you. Don't see you fruit week, see you fruit window. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye.